And now an ad from this week's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Media, and you're listening to Fresh Off the Bench. Welcome to Fresh Off the Bench, our first show in a couple weeks. Sorry, I was on deployment, so we weren't able to really record. Um, joined by my co-host Macus, and no Izzy this week. He was lame and didn't want to didn't want to join. Uh, he's always lame, though. He's a Broncos fan. You know, give him some credit. And he gives me shit for playing Pussy Monster every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun stuff, though. I'm very glad to be back after a little bit of a hiatus there. Uh, but today we're back. We got some big news to talk about with the Big 12 and their surrounding situation. But we're also going to be talking about a couple of MLB trades. And we're going to be doing a little bit of a live coverage of the NBA draft here. So that should be fun. Uh, yeah. Magic took Suggs at five. Magic took Suggs at five. So, pretty much the first three picks everyone expected at this point. There's not much to talk about there. I don't know. I, I mean, thought, I thought there was a chance Jalen Suggs jumped Jalen Green, but but yeah, it was obviously a long shot chance for sure. I think the big surprise of the draft, though, has got to be. Big four, Toronto taking Scotty Barnes. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me unless they don't think Siakam is coming back next year because Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry is already leaving. That's mm-hmm. that's known. They do have Fred Van Fleet, but outside of him, it, they could have used another guard like Jalen Suggs. Um, True. They, they may have had concerns about how Jalen Suggs would it with Fred Van Vliet in the backcourt. Yeah, I would have liked to see Suggs maybe play the two because while he is good with the ball in his hand, he's also 6'5", and he plays good defense. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it was uh, Jay Billis. I was watching Greeny. It's the only ESPN show I'll, I'll support. And uh, he had Jay Billis on, and Jay Billis called Jalen Suggs Luka Doncic with defense. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he plays both ends. I think he also called Cade Cunningham that, and I think Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham's ceilings are about equal, but I think Cade's floor is just higher. Right. Yeah, there's some truth to that. 
there's definitely concerns to be had about Jalen Suggs, his, uh, you know, and his his ability to spread uh, out the floor. He didn't shoot very well in co- uh, in college, and his his shooting form kind of screwed up. Um, yeah, so, there's always that. And it, it also does cause for concern when players play for a super team kind of thing, like Gonzaga had um, until the championship game, but. Nobody was able was really able to see what he could do on his lonesome without players facilitating him or without um, basically any help from teammates because he always had help on that team. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's certain players around the country like like uh, Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley had a good team, but they didn't always show up. They showed up in against KU in the the tournament and fucking knocked us out in the second round, but. They don't always. They didn't always show up, so we were able to see Mobley um, rely on himself more. And same with Cade. That's why, like, as the season went on and Cade started creeping up draft boards, it was because his team was playing worse and he was playing better. Right. Right. Well, there's certainly some truth to that. Um, you know, before we get into the, the well, I mean, we we do have to talk about Suggs going to the Magic. Uh, what do they do with Markel Fulton, Cole Anthony, and Suggs now? Um, I think, like I said, Suggs can play the two because you're they're gonna ultimately they're gonna have to choose between Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony at the one. Both of them are a little bit smaller. They can't slide. Well, Fultz isn't isn't that small, but he can't slide to the two. He doesn't have the skill set to play the two. Uh, Cole Anthony is smaller. Obviously, he he's much better at the one than the two, just based off his size. Like you're not putting Frank Mason at the two to fit; he's six foot. Right. Um, so I think it'll be more of a discussion between Fultz and and Cole Anthony. I think that if they want, they can put Suggs at the two, where they have been shopping Fultz uh, this summer. So. I feel like Fultz has got to be the one that goes because you know, him and Suggs, they both bring a very similar skill set when it comes to they're more distributors, not great shooters, and fairly good defenders. Uh, and I think that you don't necessarily need two of that on your team. And I think that Marco Fultz may be looking for a new home, especially with the injury history. Whoa. Uh, Oklahoma City is taking Josh Giddy at six over coming Wow. All right, you so think- that's... Really Do you think the Warriors take Kaminga there at seven? Because honestly, I think we're going to trade the pick like I, last I think, minute. I think trading is probably what's going to happen. But Josh Giddy to Oklahoma City—that's that's two big reaches already. You know how Woj know, got around his ban from ruining it? How he said instead of so Shams tweeted out. Sources: Oklahoma City is picking Josh Giddy at, at number six. Woj mm-hmm. tweeted out, "OKC loves Josh Giddy here." So you didn't say Oklahoma City is picking Josh Giddy, but he said Oklahoma City loves Josh Giddy. That's great. All right. We love that. Um, wow. So Josh Giddy, you know, he kind of strikes me. He's fairly similar to Ben Simmons in the fact that he is a playmaker first and then scorer second. He doesn't have the defense Simmons has, but he brings an interesting skill set to the table there, especially if they, like, they've been shopping SGA, but if mm-hmm. they want to keep SGA around, they can't really have both of him and Giddy distributing the ball. That's interesting. 
I think SGA's floor is right below, like, all-star. Mm-hmm. I think his ceiling is, like, all-NBA. I love I love SGA. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you had to choose between the two, SGA is a couple years older, but SGA is the guy going forward if I'm the Thunder. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I don't understand the rumors of, of, of that. And I, I think Detroit... What, what was that trade? It was like the first pick for SGA and six, which is yeah. they should have taken that. Like yeah, that that's an amazing. You get a player who is like extremely has an extremely high ceiling. I think a higher ceiling than Cade Cunningham, in my opinion. I'm I'm really high on SGA, and we've seen him improve already. Mm-hmm. But in in my opinion, higher ceiling. Most people would say about an equal ceiling, and you only drop down five picks. Where now you're looking at the draft board, you still got Kaminga there. You've still got a ton of great players. Yeah, you could and, take Josh Giddy there. So exactly, or you could take what I would like. What what I would have liked to see if the Pistons had six was take somebody like Wagner, because they have uh, Isaiah Super who can play the three. Mm-hmm. They have a guard now in SGA who is already on pace to be better than Cade at this time because he's been in the league. He's more adjusted, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And, oh, yeah, it just uh, – my phone's, like, blowing up from the, the Twitter notifications from Shams right now. So I was trying to see if a new pick was, was going. But um, – and then you get Wagner – to play down low, now you have literally three guys at each level of the floor who are young with high ceilings and like pretty high floors, I would say. Although yeah. I, I don't know Isaiah Stewart. I think Isaiah Stewart's the odd duck there because I think Wagner's going to be good. But uh, I think it's going to be more of like a, a Sabonis type type ceiling, hopefully without the injuries. But Yeah, yeah. And then Sabonis has been good, so. Yeah, yeah. He just every time he gets going, he just gets injured. Yeah, which really so. sucks. And, all right, so Warriors on the clock. Do you want to? While we're waiting for that, talk about something going on in the league. Oh, okay. I did want to bring up today. Mm-hmm. Talking to you. What the hell is Daryl Morey doing with the trade offer to the Warriors? Hold on. Let me oh find the exact details no, I, of this. I know the details. I know the details. Because so it's James Wiseman, alongside <laughs> um, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, four first round picks. I, okay. Yeah. So as it was both the Warriors. Percent. It was both the Warriors picks this draft, and then both of their first round picks next draft, because they still own uh, Minnesota's pick for next year. Insane. There is no reason at all that that should be what the 76ers are asking. No, if, like, if, if that's what they're asking, Isaiah Simmons will be a 76er at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I don't understand why we want James Wiseman because we have him beat. Like, what, what, yeah. what do, what, that like, make James Wiseman has, has a ton of it, like a, t- a, a ship out of potential, but. He's not going to reach Embiid. that next to Embiid and Tobias no. Harris. Like, and, they're locking up the spot. Embiid is already there. Right. Right. Like, 
It it made no sense. It it was one of those things where when I saw it, I blew up the feed on chat because I I could not believe it when I saw it. It's it's insane. It's and apparently they asked for they asked the Cavaliers for every young player they valued on and then four picks. Yeah, just insane. I mean, you need to temper your expectations, Philly. Like. Yes, yeah, like I love Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a great player, but he is he is nowhere near that level. No, there's not a like, there is not a player in this league that is worth that level of stuff. I'm sorry, but no, like if if they were saying you guys can trade back for KD right now, you give up Wiseman, Wiggins, and four picks. I would not do it. Right. That's how the Warriors got into the crumbling process after Clay got hurt and KD left was because when they got KD, they gave up a ton of depth. Even if you're bringing on KD, you figure out a way to keep Wiseman on, or not Wiseman, well, yeah, Wiseman too, but but Wiggins on that team to provide depth because he's going to run the floor, run the, he's going to run the floor when KD, Steph, Clay, Dre, those guys are off the floor. Yeah. And especially with, like, if, if this was Wiggins, like Toronto Wiggins, I could see it. But Wiggins had the best season of his career last year. And mm-hmm. if he would have played... Like he did in that second half and the first half, I think he's a borderline all-star. So, you're... Oh, his second half of the season was insane. I mean, it was good, but I don't know how about borderline all-star. I, I didn't mean, say he would be an all-star. I said borderline all-star. But, but he's coming off the best season of his career where he showed a ton of promise. The promise that everybody thought he would have had coming into the draft. I think he got stuck in a terrible situation in Minnesota like we're seeing with Cat. Yeah. Cat has all this potential but he can't do anything. Right, but Cat's been gonna try, playing well. Like Yeah. You're gonna try to trade him like for him at the peak of his value and then completely low ball. Like if they would have thrown in like Tobias Harris and made one of those four first round picks, like one or two of those pick swaps. Mm-hmm. I could see that working. I could see the Warriors taking that. Uh, I don't know why we would be moving on from Tobias Harris, though, because Tobias Harris played really well last season. Yeah, I was just saying, like, that would be I, yeah. the type of caliber player. It'd be Tobias Harris or above, the Warriors would have to take. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, it makes no that sense. That was the dumbest trade offer I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's insane what they think they could get for him. And. Just yeah. when I thought the Cavs made the dumbest move of the week. What was, happened? Uh, oh, I was talking about when they turned down the SGA pick. Oh, yeah, that was insane. Because if you're getting SGA in six for three, that's yeah. just, that you've got to take that. Like, Yeah, like, basically, you're not really losing much jumping out of the top five because you already have the guard that is on pace to be better sooner. Mm-hmm. Like just on paper, who knows what will happen with Cade? But he's already on pace to be better sooner. Right. You already have that guard, and you're also and getting the pick is in. The pick is Jonathan in. Jonathan Kuminga to the Warriors. Interesting. I don't. I don't hate it. Well, I don't so hate it at all. Question: If you want to develop Jonathan Kuminga, you kind of have to trade. Draymond Green because he's not getting playing time if you've got Draymond Green and Juan taking up all those minutes at like power forward, small forward and then Wiggins 
So th this well, is a log jam for minutes. Right? So what, what I think it's going to happen is starting five. So Steve Kerr was already really cautious with Wiseman before Wiseman's injury with minutes, mm -hmm. trying to get him adjusted instead of throwing him up. Um, Orlando has Wagner at the top of its board at eight is what Lowe's just tweeted. Mm -hmm. But um, what I think is going to happen is Steve Kerr is going to follow what he did with Wiseman, but from a bench standpoint where you still have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Trey, and Wiseman starting. That second group is going to be like really the backcourt we don't know other than Jordan Poole. Um, right. I think they're, they're, our plans are going to go out and get a veteran for that backcourt. Um, but that frontcourt, I could see it being one at the five a little bit of a small ball, and then Kuminga at the four. Well, that that brings in a, into question a lot of spacing. I guess, but one one is the type that can play offensively on multi-levels and defensively multi-levels. So even if he's playing at the five, like those two are interchangeable. I think that would create a situation where four and five are positionless because one can shoot the three, he can drive, and he can play close to the rim on both sides of the court. So mm -hmm. you bring, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Like, I, I don't see the spacing issue there because I think Kaminga is a lot more limited than Juan right now from right. just what I've seen from Kaminga's tape and what I saw from Juan last year. So I think it would be more about fitting Kaminga in. I think Juan showed he was adjustable last year. Yeah, and I think when it comes to fitting Kaminga in, there's going to be a lockdown there, and that is certainly concerning. Do you think that if Kuminga and Juan start taking these steps, Raymond Green becomes expendable, becomes a guy that you can flip to increase your cap space and get a better bench? No, because he's he's the glue guy. Like Green is the guy that when everybody's off, off kills your reels everybody back in. Like a Rodman for the Bulls. Rodman was the glue guy there, even though he was batshit for the last half of it. But uh, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> uh, hey, Dennis Rodman was the ambassador to North Korea, so. Don't uh, discredit that. Was scarier. They were just trying to intimidate. But you, uh, what I could see possibly happening if you wanted to get Kuminga minutes with the starting rotation mm -hmm. is still have Wiseman start, but Wiseman might still be on that uh, minutes restriction because of his injury, because of his knee injury. Right. So when you take him out, and the other four are obviously still going to be in because they have much higher minute allotments, you move Dre to the five and bring Kuminga in, or move Kuminga to the five and keep Dre at the four. But I like Dre more at the five, especially with how many... Basically, every team in the league is a good big man right now. Certainly. So, and Dre has shown he can play defense on guys like on seven footers, right? Like consistently. So, you move him to the five, coming into the four, that takes a little bit of pressure off coming and not having to guard the big man. And obviously, it's it's situational because I mean, when you go down, when you go to LA, you know you're not going to put Dre on Drummond and coming on AD or put Dre on AD. Or Wiggins on AD because Wiggins looked good on AD in that in that playing game. Right, right, right. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways that Warriors could end up going with this. I think they kind of got a steal with Kuminga. He fell. Pick eight is in, and you were right, Franz Wagner. 
I don't hate that. Yeah. I like Wagner. I think he would have benefited more being on a team, being in a better organization. It's Detroit is pretty much the only organization that I could say. Or sorry, Orlando is the only organization that I could say Detroit is really better than. I really would have liked um, Fogner at six to Detroit. I don't know. Six to Detroit or six to uh, OKC? It would have been if they would have made that trade for SGA. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know about this. Yeah. I still would have liked him with uh with OKC more than whatever that fucking dude's name is. I can't I can never remember. He's the one guy I can never remember the name. Josh whatever. Mm. I yeah. cannot remember his name. Not remembering. Not, not sure. Josh Giddy? Josh yeah. Giddy. That's Josh what it was. Giddy. All right. He's the only guy I can not remember his name. Yeah. Alright. I don't know how I feel about this Orlando pick because well, Franz Wagner is a three four. He's either a three or a four in the league. He's got the size to be a four, but you know, there's as with every thing so far, there's a log jam for minutes at that position. Uh, with Jonathan Isaac coming back from injury and yeah, the other guys like it's. I don't know. I think Orlando's gearing up for a rebuild, and I think it's probably their two best players, Fultz and Isaac, are going to be out for either this or next. Yeah, I think there's certain drafts where you look at it and it, it, they're not drafting based off of who's the most talented. They're drafting based off of positional needs. Like Certainly the NFL is more like that, where there could be a more talented guy on the board, but... You know, we really need this position. Like, right? There could be a future All-Pro receiver, but we really need a quarterback. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certain drafts in the NBA that are like that too. This is really just talent. That's why I don't think they're worried so much about uh, like team fits or anything. They're just grabbing talent because there's that top ten. Once you get out of the top ten, the talent becomes more hit or miss. Certainly, but there's probably seven to eight guys that you can look at and be like, okay, they're going to be good. Right. And Scotty Barnes would not be one of them for me. I don't know why he went at four. Yeah, a lot of people had him going sixth, so, I mean, it makes sense. All right. Yeah. You know, with the draft, there's the other big piece of news kind of going around um, about the Big Big 12. We'll be losing Oklahoma and Texas Longhorns to the SEC in 2025 or earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be earlier. Probably. If they can figure out how to waive. It's $76 million a year per program yeah. for every year they leave early. So yeah. they're going to figure out a way to waive that. Right. And once they do, they'll be gone. Mm-hmm. I don't think those two leaving necessarily is the in the world for the Big 12. No. But I think if Kansas leaves, it is. And let me tell you why. I meant to get numbers. I completely forgot to get the, the revenue numbers, but because um, I, I briefly looked, but most of them were from like like 2020 or 20 uh, from 
sorry, from 2020, but you can't really use 2020's numbers. Right. Because not every team was allowing fans or how many fans or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you've already lost your football market, basically, for the Big 12. Those two are the only two teams that are consistently top 25. Right. K-State, K-State bounces in and out. They'll have seasons where they're... Kansas, are you referring to Kansas State or Oklahoma State? Kansas State. Okay, well, Oklahoma State is pretty consistently in that 25 to 30, you know? Yes. And then TCU... They're still not, they're still not looked at like right. some other teams that would be within that range, no. like considering revenue or fan base. Like they don't... Certainly. Like, pop, like national popularity, I think they're, they're one of the more... I think that's why it took so long, even in basketball, for Cade Cunningham to, to grab that number one spot in the draft from... Suggs, because Suggs had it forever mm. in the the mock drafts, was because he was playing for Oklahoma State. Yeah, um, I mean there is some validity to that for sure. Um, you've lost your main football market, right? Basketball market. Baylor's still not making a ton. like. I know they're the national champion, but mm -hmm. Baylor has been good for a couple years, and they just lost half their team. So yeah, I don't know how good they're going to be for the next few years, but. Oh. Once Kansas leaves, you've lost not only your football market, but your college basketball market, both men's and women's, and that creates something that you can't come back from. You can lean into college basketball. We've seen Pac-12 did it for a little bit when Arizona was really good, and they had a few good teams, and now it's back to football in the Pac-12. Right. But, but all conferences need to be able to do that. Certainly. The SEC can do it with Kentucky. Um, the ACC can do it with Duke. But they also have Clemson relying on football if Duke has a down year like they did last year. Right. But once you take Kansas out, Baylor's not going to be nearly as good. Oklahoma State's going to be basically irrelevant now without Cade Cunningham. K-State, this is the second year in a row that their entire starting five has transferred. <laughs> like K-State had, like, out of the 15 guys on K-State's team – they had 12 transferred. Right. So K-State's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, their recruiting class for basketball wasn't even in the top 100. Yeah. So they're going to be terrible. They lose that. The Big 12 crumbles. Mm -hmm. One thing I did want to ask you about, because you're an Oregon State fan, something that I've been hearing every day more and more yeah. from guys that uh, Kings draft Davion Mitchell. Oh. We can talk about that here in just a second. Yeah. Um, one thing I've been hearing more and more from guys I really respect, like uh, Greeny on ESPN mm -hmm. and a couple other guys, is a possibility of Pac-12 merging with Big Ten. I don't see that happening. No. That's what I've been hearing. I've heard AC, AAC in Big Ten. Sorry. I heard Pac-12. I've been hearing Pac-12. And I heard ACC and SEC, which would never happen. No. That'd be way too big, but... Pac-12 and Big Ten, I could see just from the standpoint of ESPN, like I said, like we've been saying, owns the Big Ten, the ACC, and SEC rights. Right. The two conferences that they don't own are uh, the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Big 12 is already going to break. It's going to crumble. Okay. Yeah, yeah possible. But... There, there is still potential, right? I, I don't think so because once you have Texas and Oklahoma out, you have more to teams add. are going to want to. 
You have to add teams. Yeah, and I don't I don't think teams are going to want to join that. Well, there's still this is still a marketable place. Or basket. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. All right. So here's the teams you got to look at. Memphis, right? Memphis and Whoa. Houston, incredible basketball teams. That would add. Sorry, this is the biggest MLB trade I have seen in years. What just happened? That's why I was saying, whoa. Yeah. Dodgers acquire three times on award winner Max Scherzer and all star shortstop Trey Turner from Nationals. They got both of them. Wow. Holy. Trey Turner's having almost an MVP season. Wow. Oh, my God. It's over. Got- it's over. And they got Danny Duffy, who we'll, I want. I do want to talk about later. Oh my! Yep, it, it's real. Jeff Passan tweeted about it. Yeah. Okay. It's. Ooh. God damn. Okay. All right. But what were you saying? I, I was Sorry. talking about the teams that the Big Twelve, like in theory, should make a move, right? So Memphis and Houston are obvious on this. Yeah. Yeah, but. But they've been talking about adding Memphis since like 2012 when it broke down. Right. Or when Missouri and, and Nebraska left. Right. They've been talking. Memphis has shown that the Big 12 has pursued them, and Memphis has shown very little. Well, I don't know if it's very, very little, little interest. interest. I don't know if it's very little interest. The issue is what has happened is you can't really add teams unless, you know, the TV rights, you know, have expired. Um, and along with other things, you know. So I still think Memphis and Houston could show interest in actually, you know. Now, if this is happening sooner rather than later, I would take a flyer in close with Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see Coastal. Coastal's probably the most likely I could see. Um, Memphis geographically works yeah. just because it's it's right there. Houston as but well. Coastal, yeah. But Coastal has been playing – a lot more Big 12 teams recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see it. But Coastal also doesn't have – Coastal is a good team. They're a great team. Good. So here's the issue with but, Coastal. As soon as Jamie – I don't think – As soon as Jamie Chadwell leaves as the head coach of that program, that program's going downhill. So if Coastal yeah. wants to continue to profit off of this program, they need to make Coastal Carolina a big-time school – only way that they're going to do that is by moving to a Power 5 conference. Yeah, but the one thing I would worry about with them as far as like money, because it's all going to come down to money, right. is their revenue doesn't match how good their team is. That's so true. there's no, there's very little hope for the in the future to match that revenue. Because even when Clemson, before Clemson, what was that like? My freshman year, so probably like your eighth grade year mm-hmm. when um, Clemson first became that powerhouse yeah. when they got Deshaun Watson like they were always decent but they they really took that leap which is with Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. RIP and, and uh, before that though they, even prison. when they would have bad years yeah, <laughs> yeah allegedly, allegedly. Soon. but even before they took that jump their their revenue was always there. They all were still selling out stadiums. Mm-hmm. You cut out the thing. Unless it stops. 
Oh, no worse. No worse. And I mean, you're right. Clemson's always had that. You know, they've been able to sell things out. You go, you got to go to a big sports school. And big sports schools are on the West Coast. And if you're not going to be melding with the Pac 12, as you suggested, I think two teams you have to go to, they're rivals. They both have, you know, very good history when it comes to football and basketball. They put, you know, all pro players in the league in both sports, you know, San Diego State University and Fresno State. I think you've got to look because California is a massive market. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. California is a, is a big market, but then you're looking at the Big 12. You're going coast to coast, and that's going to cause problems yeah. with uh, West Virginia trying to get out there. Um, or even schools like having to play West Virginia and then a California school. I think they're going to try to try to keep it more centralized or more around um, an existing already Big 12 school right. like West Virginia or something. Something like that. I got the hiccups. Possible. Yeah, uh, who knows? Zaire Williams is going to go to, to the Grizzlies. That's an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, I kind of want to finish this up with one last proposal thing here. Yeah, so, we I mean, probably hit a break after that. Yeah. Once we come back from the break, we can talk about what happens if the Big 12 falls apart, where teams go, uh, and what that means for the future. But if the Big 12 goes and adds six to eight schools, obviously the Pac-12 is going to look to add schools. Right? Yeah. So I've got a list of four schools that they should consider adding. All right. I'm going to start with the odd one, Boise State, right? Yeah. The other obvious one is BYU, of course. I mean, sure. If you want to be offered soda instead of alcohol when you Exactly. <laughs> but BYU has good sports programs with decent problems. I forgot it's who always it was. I think it was a Pac-12 player was saying when they went to go. I think it was a U.S. It was, yes, it was Kadonis said that when yep. he went to go play uh, at BYU, instead of heckling them, like, they're just like, I team. hope you have a good game. Yeah, yeah they, they were just killing him with kindness. And then, like, as soon as the game started, they weren't cussing at all. But they would be like, frick you, you freaking suck, instead of like, you fucking suck. So yeah, yeah. It was very interesting. <laughs> BYU would be an interesting team to add. But, all right, the last two, neither are, of which are FBS schools yet, North Dakota State University. I would. I have been campaigning for North Dakota State to make the jump up to um, uh, FBS. Was it? I'm forgetting his name. Minnesota's head coach, great guy. Oh, uh, PJ Fleck. Yeah, wasn't Fleck at North Dakota State? No, no. no. Fleck was not North Dakota State. I'm not gonna remember what program he was. PJ Fleck. I thought he was. When he before he took the job at, at Minnesota, no, it's Western Michigan. Western Michigan, that's but uh, yeah, I mean, KU. We got pummeled by North Dakota State one year. Yeah, no, 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 no. We we almost beat North Dakota State, but our uh, Miles Kendrick couldn't remember how to fucking take a knee, and we ended up losing the game. But 
North Dakota State, they're a great football program, hands down. But their yeah. basketball program made March Madness last year. Yeah. So there's certainly building something there, and I think that that adds a lot of competition to the Pac-12. Um, and the last team, okay, this is this is just absolute, you know, if they're desperately trying to make a power conference, they go to this college, they say, we will fund your football program and say, Gonzaga, get into the Pac-12. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think that Just works. Just think about the basketball. Like, you could go to, you can legitimately go to a school and say, we will help to fund and create a new football program here if you join our company. Because the profit margins would be insane. Yeah. One team that I could see the Big 12 picking up is Wichita State. Which, they don't, do they do football? I don't think they do football. No. They had a plane crash into their football facility and it like killed a bunch That's of people. Right. Something yep. like that. Uh, but, but I could see Wichita State jumping into the, um, into the Big 12. They've been talking about trying to create a football program there for the past few years. The interest has grown once their basketball team started getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dodgers, of course, traded them for a fucking bag of balls. Anyways, that's so inf- we'll talk about that after a, a break coming up. Probably in like four minutes, if that sounds good to you. That works. But um, they're they're already bringing the basketball. There's already like starting to be a rivalry for, there for a little bit between KU and Wichita State mm-hmm. until we didn't play them for a little while. Uh, that that would be a fun one. I could see. I'd like to see it be more centralized. I never really thought felt like Texas or Oklahoma fit into the Big Twelve as far as like basketball win, at least recently, like. But the Buddy Heald years, Oklahoma definitely did. But even the Trey Young years, it was just kind of like, eh. This might be out of nowhere. But this is a team, it's kind of close to your location. It kind of fits in. Great basketball program, pretty good football program. Villanova. Maybe. Maybe. It's out there. That is out there. I don't think the Big 12 does it. Because I think they're going to look for more football-centric teams because they still do have KU to lean on in basketball, but they don't have a football team. Like a surefire top 25 team to lean on. Right. Like, even Texas isn't Not hasn't Texas. been a surefire what? top 25 football team, but Oklahoma was. Oklahoma's a surefire top 10 team. Oh, it's surefire top 5 team. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, okay, here's the thing. I think that with the lower competition, West Virginia could potentially get to the point where they're into top 25. Possibly OK State. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like perennially. I think they could become that perennially if they don't have to face Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, I do like the leaving for KU. I do think it's going to be, I think part of KU's problem is they're stuck in this rut where they just get fucking bent over by some of these teams and it's demoralizing. That's why you see good players that have potential that could help be a rebuilding piece like um, oh what's his name? I'm terrible with names today. He just transferred. Prunty. Karan Prunty. Mm-hmm. Like Karan Prunty. In a few years, Karan Prunty could have been by his senior by his really his junior year, a pivotal part to a KU team that could have won 
more than a few games, in my opinion. With right. with Lance's, if he follows that Buffalo blueprint, uh, I think Rudy could have been like an integral part of a team that was actually decent. But we got pummeled last year. It was by far the worst season KU has had in this 13-year skid. It was worse than our previous winless season in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, like you, like you get what I'm saying. Like you're seeing these teams pummel you, and it's making you not want to come back. You get Texas exactly. and OU out. It's better for morale for KU football, which <laughs> could be better for the the entire conference to have one of those teams that has like Alabama's kind of becoming that because their basketball team has been decent in the last few years. But where you have like an Alabama, where they're the number one team in in football, KU has. Surely the potential almost every year to be the number one team in basketball, and then you have like a a top fifty team in football, and right. Alabama has basically a top fifty team in basketball every year, hmm. and that's that's the most important thing because even with OU, that's never really uh, synced up for a long period of time, and certainly not for Texas. It seems like with Texas, whenever their football team is good, the wrestle team sucks, and the other way around. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting thing to observe um, and see through the future. Uh, it's not going to happen for at least a year, maybe two. Um, yeah, I don't think there's movement until 2023. Yeah. Because I think that's when they'll be able to say, like, okay, we can bite the bullet on the, the money because it's going to go down before then. But if they were to leave now, it's $76 million. Right. I think by then it's only 20-something million. Yeah. The real question, though, after no- finding out that they're leaving, does the Big 12 go and reverse their decision about horns? About what? Horns down, making it penalizable. No, because that came out after they already said they were leaving. No, it came, I out, think before. They, it came out before. It did? I thought it came out like the day after, because I thought no. they were doing it more in like a preventative measure. <laughs> it was like two It was like two days before. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think, that, I don't think so, but... They I mean, should. I really don't think they're going to hammer that officiating I don't think the officiating crew is going to hammer that no but it would suck if they did because then they're just protecting one faction like one school exactly which is dumb because they can already they can still do like there was a thing that they used to do back when KU was actually good back when teams not named Baker Mayfield actually wanted to taunt them where they (laughs) would do dead bird where like they would just have a bunch of players just start falling on the ground like a bird falling out of the sky Right. Big 12 did nothing about that. No. And there's a few clever catchphrases against the Sooners that the Big 12 has never done anything about. But right. flipping a school's mascot upside down is wrong. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, and I think with that, we can head to break. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Pussy Monster by Lil Wayne, and then... Shout out to Izzy. Ryan. Yeah, Izzy yeah. requested that. He did. He did. He requested it the first time, too. This is in his memory. Uh, he's not Rest dead yet, but he doesn't come on next week. I'm going to be mad. This is Cole Nevins, founder of Phenom Media, and you're listening to Fresh Off the Bench. And we are back to Fresh Off the Bench. We do want to jump into MLB really quick. And then we'll talk about 
the Lakers trade, and we'll wrap up with just kind of like an overview of the draft picks that came on while we were talking about uh, the Big 12 and uh, during our break and during this segment. So starting off with baseball, um, we're going to save the biggest trade for last. Uh, one trade I do want to talk about with Mackis, because I'm a Royals fan, Danny Duffy, he's been uh, really a part of our team for since I think his major league debut was 2011 or 12 for us. Um, I I like this trade. I do. Even though it is kind of tough to see him go. It's going to be tough to see him in that uniform. I do still like the trade. Uh, last time when the Royals had him in a hot position, it's 2014, he had just thrown uh, an, a great season. I think he was two... 30 ERA, something like that. He played amazing. We we held on to him, hoping that he would continue to do that, because two seasons before, he threw like a two-something ERA, but that was in a smaller, only five-game sample size, because that was still part of his rookie year. Um, but in 2014, he threw like a two-something. We held on to him, thinking that he was going to be bigger. We signed him to this massive deal, massive contract, and he came out and threw like a 4.5 and then a 4.08 oh and then a 3.53. Um, when he threw the 4.5, it was fine. We won the World Series that year. It wasn't that big of a deal. We had we still had like James Shields and, and those guys. But I, I love the trade. Now we're learning from our mistakes of not trading before because Duffy is the type of guy who is going to give you one good season every few years. Sure, that season's going to be spectacular, but he's not worth the massive contract he's on now for a Royals team that will hopefully, hopefully, finally make a splash in the offseason this year with a little bit of extra cash. With That that was the one contract that they were looking to get rid of before, before right. making some bigger moves. Because the Royals are, are just a couple pitching pieces away. I... I hate that the MLB does the player to be named later of shit. I absolutely hate it. I want to know what we got for him. Like that's probably gonna be prospects. Yeah, I just hope it's one of their top fifteen prospects because I if we're trading Duffy for another guy that we're gonna to have to wait on for a few years, that's gonna kinda of suck unless we're using his contract money to go sign one of the bigger <coughs> pitchers and the free agency portal right. this offseason. Um, another one that I do want to talk about that really, I know a lot of guys in the in the Phenom group were confused about it. The Mariners traded Kendall Graveman to mm -hmm. an interdivisional partner, the Astros. That's rare as it is, especially in baseball. They, there are hardly trades interdimensional or interdivisional. Of course, yeah. And you don't want to trade your player, best players too, right? Yeah. That's, but how many times have you heard of a team with in just a they're within four games of Houston? They are, mm -hmm. are playing Houston now, mm -hmm. and you trade your best reliever to the team that you're four games behind in your division that you're about to play. 
That's, I, I don't. That's insane. That was insane to me. And then it came out, and an anonymous player was like talking about how the GM just sits in his office and doesn't care about their team. And mm-hmm. another one was saying like he doesn't give a fuck about us. He doesn't want to win. That was his exact words. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's that's evident. That trade was definitely the biggest head scratching news. Um, and now we've got it just broke. Uh, while we were talking Big 12, the Dodgers are finalizing a deal to acquire Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Max Scherzer, I know Maccus is just starting to get into baseball. I know he knows, like, current stuff, but just to give a little bit of background, Max Scherzer is one of, if not the greatest pitcher of our generation. I think the only person that can contest with that is Clayton Kershaw. Um, Scherzer is a multi-time 300 strikeout pitcher. He's thrown multiple, like, 20-plus strikeout no-hitters, which is odd. That doesn't happen that often. He's a three-time Cy Young Award winner. And then on the back end, you've got Trey Turner, who's having almost an MVP-type season. This season he's hitting 322 with 18 home runs. Uh, He was hitting 335 last year, so that's going to look to be steady. Just this past week, Trey Turner was hitting 368. Last wow. two weeks, 357. Last month, 366. So he's, he's, I'd argue, the best shortstop in the league right now. But I also really love Trey Turner. Who would okay. you put ahead of Trey Turner right now? Trey Turner's scorched earth. Other than Tatis. Other than Tatis. But Trey Turner has the defense that Tatis doesn't. Tatis is overall the better for the future. But I'm talking about just this season. Trey Turner's yeah, Willie Adonis. No. Yeah. No, 100%. Adamus stats don't even sniff Trey Turner's right now. Adamus is, hitting like, Adamus is hitting like 260 this year. Oh, Trey, no, Trey Turner's two, hitting, Trey Turner's is hitting, hitting Adamus is hitting 260 over two teams this year. Have you looked at Adamus just for Milwaukee? Yeah, Adamus since the All-Star break. Has, yeah, Mil- yeah, he's hitting like Adamus, 212 since the All-Star break. He went 0 no. for 7 against the Royals. In that two, in those two games, yeah, it's because the Royals suck. But he's how does that make like sense? Two, he's hitting like two ninety over his time with the Brewers. Yes, but then you look at Trey Turner; he's hitting in that same span. What like a month? Trey Turner's hitting three sixty six in that time span. Obviously, we're playing golf, and the lower number is better. Obviously, just in the last month, I'm wrong. Trey Turner's slugging percentage is 646, so he's he's hitting lights out right now. Absolutely tr- massive, and they got him for basically a bag of balls. Um, I believe it was Kiebert Ruiz. It was just a bunch of prospects highlighted by Kiebert Ruiz. So the Nats are going full rebuild mode. Those were like the last two players anybody gave a damn about uh, after Rendon left after the World Series. Trading both of them to one team, the Dodgers, is insane. Especially when the Dodgers need starting pitching. They go out and they get Danny Dolphy and Max Scherzer, both having incredible seasons this year. They needed another infielder. They go out and they get Trey Turner. I mean, the Dodgers are the clear-cut team to win the World Series this year. Possibly. Like, I mean, don't let it discount what Milwaukee's been doing. No. Because Milwaukee outed In a seven-game series... 
in a okay. seven-game series, Dodgers would bend over Milwaukee. Like it's the the problems the problems that we talk about. This is this is the hierarchy. The problems that we talk about the Dodgers having a weak rotation, um, all this. The the Brewers have a decent rotation. It's akin to the Dodgers' weak rotation because of injury. The, what are you? That, t- that's okay, no, okay. that's not an Whoa. insult. That, hold on, that's not mm-hmm. an insult to the Brewers. That is because the Dodgers are literally so good. Like right. the Dodgers are on another planet right now. From every let's other put this into perspective. Right. Let's put this into perspective, Scott. If I am not mistaken, I'm not going to look at stats right now. But I believe we have three pitchers in the top five for strike. That's three pitchers in the top five for ERA and three pitchers in the top five. I understand that, but I'm, that doesn't hold. That doesn't matter in a seven-game playoff series. It that is truly when talent comes out. Not whether you're having a great season or a bad season. We've seen that before, where yeah. where pitchers will it's have a, where pitchers, mainly in Garrett Cole, will have great great regular seasons. Then postseason comes around, and they just don't show up. Okay, but Burns and Woodruff are highly talented. You could call for Bur- all this. Burns season. and Woodruff got smoked by the Royals. Imagine the Dodgers. I'm the world's biggest Royals fan. Like, if you, you, if you were able to see the Royals my months ring, ago, months ago, no, they got smoked by them two weeks ago. No, that was the back end of our rotation. That was Hauser and um, blanking on the name. Anyway, that was not. If you're going to get smoked by the Royals, plus in a seven game series, you're probably going a five to six man rotation. A yeah. lot of teams will employ that six-man rotation, especially if they have a decent long reliever like you guys do. You might throw them in as the six, or unless you're the the Giants in 2014 and you go to a one-man Madison Bumgarner rotation. But, like, the Dodgers, especially when they start to get some of these pitchers back from injury, I hope that God Trevor Bauer does not play this year. Like, that would just be bad for the sport. It would look very bad on baseball if Trevor Bauer plays this year. I think we can both agree on that. But if they get some of the, was that was that a face that said you don't agree on that? No, okay, no. I was okay. trying to remember who Trevor Bauer was, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, him. yeah. You know, doesn't know what, doesn't know what consent is, but, <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. Not everyone does. You gotta give some credit to Sean Oh, this was okay. I want to go into Sean Watson, but I also don't at the same time. I don't want to go into Sean yeah, Watson. No. We've, we've, we've talked about it off the court. All I'm going to say is the timing looks really weird by the organization. They go away all summer. There's nothing. There's nothing. He comes back. The first day he shows up to camp and says he wants to be traded. And immediately after that, there's 10 more accusations. It's just weird to me. I'm not saying he didn't do it or that he did do it. It's just weird. It's you heard really, it here first. Deshaun Watson is innocent. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying when you match that up with when it first came out was literally the day after he said that he wanted a trade, when when he went to the mm-hmm. front office, and then all this stuff pop, like comes out that day. It was just yeah. it was weird. I'm it not saying he did time. or didn't do it. It could have just been because his name was in the news because he wanted a trade and there was nothing going on in football, and then they came out and spoke out. I don't know. 
it just looks weird on the organization. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? But the Dodgers are going to start to get some of those players back, those mm-hmm. pitchers, and when they do, they're going to be almost. They're almost going to have like a nine-man rotation. It's going. To, it's going to be insane. Like yeah, but the, you're not going to go nine. Like no, no, but that that's even worse because even if they stick to a five-man, then. Are they using then, those then starting got, pitchers got, as relievers? They could use them as long relievers, save those pitchers' arms for for longer in the playoffs. That like that starting five rotation, you could literally pull your starting five fifth inning, bring in some of those other starters, and the sixth inning have them pitch like six through eight, and then bring in their deadly bullpen. For, yeah. Like for bottom eight, ninth, whatever. Yeah, it's. It's a really interesting situation there. Um, it's tough, and I mean, but you can't forget the Milwaukee Brewers have Aaron Ashby like forty seventy RA right now. I'm gonna be honest. I know a lot about baseball. I have no fucking idea who that is. Uh, so remember when I told you that I was gonna watch the Brewers game? I was yeah. like really excited about it. Yeah, so we called up a pitcher for that game because it was a bullpen, and he played like the first two. Out of the first inning and like seven <laughs> runs. Jesus. So he's he's sitting there right now with like a 45, 46 ERA. <laughs> Good for him. There was something else I want to talk about, but I I cannot for the life of me remember it. Um, what about the Escobar trade um, to Milwaukee? I think it's all right. I think it doesn't help or hurt Milwaukee but it provides depth that could help but face value right now I don't think it, it helps or hurts I still think it's a good trade but just because of that depth reason um, I think yeah. as long as everybody's healthy it's more neutral but having that depth option raises it to be a positive trade for me mm-hmm. why can I not remember what I was gonna what I was gonna talk about that's odd um, the Lakers trade. Oh yes, the Lakers. I, I think they would have been better off getting healed. Oh, for sure, hundred percent agree there. I think getting Westbrook on Westbrook's big contract, a uh, Westbrook that is getting old, is slowing down. A Westbrook that is ball dominant already. Yeah, and by then, nature, and putting him next to a guy who's. Ball dominant. Yeah, you're putting next to a ball dominant LeBron, a ball dominant AD, and Mm -hmm. Drummond, who can be ball dominant, just depends on how. Drummond's tough because it depends on how Drummond wants to play in a given year. But like, who's who's gonna play the two on that team now that Kuzma's gone? Kuzma was playing the two. I have no clue. It's not gonna be any good. So you still have a hole. No, they weren't they playing Casey at the two? Were they playing who? Oh no, Taylor Horton Tucker. Go play the two. Yeah, but I've I've also seen him being floated around. Or no, 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 that was just Trey. That was Trey saying they would they would go like Horton Tucker straight up for Buddy Heald or something like that. Or Horton That's... Tucker and two picks for Buddy Heald. That's not gonna happen. I, I don't like Buddy Heald, but the Kings are valuing him really, really high right now. But I, I think Certain. Having him as a shooter, I think shooting was what they needed on that team. I think that's. I thought that was why they tried to get rid of 
Kuzma because he couldn't shoot. He has a very Ben Simmons-esque without the playmaking ability. So basically, or the nothing. defense. Yeah, <laughs> he's I, just Ben Simmons without any of the good plays. Yeah, he even kind of looks like Ben Simmons a little bit, but <laughs> he's white. Whoa, 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 whoa! Is it because he's white? Neither of them I'm are white. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, I thought they were trying to get rid of Kuzma for somebody who can potentially shoot because KCP also isn't a great shooter. Oh no. I don't know. Instead, and guess who else Russell isn't Westbrook. a great shooter? Who? Russell Westbrook can't shoot. Guess who's also not a great shooter? LeBron James. Yeah. Well, from three, yeah. it's yeah. it's he's statistically gone down the older he gets. Yeah, I think next year is going to be LeBron's last year, or not not last year. He's going to announce his retirement after that year. He's going to play one more year after next year. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. He'd probably do a good high tour in Cleveland. Real. Oh yeah, he's going to milk that. With how much yeah. LeBron loves like his legacy moments, he's gonna milk the shit out of that. Oh yeah, LeBron's never gonna let anybody forget. Every single game is gonna be like, he's gonna bring up retirement at some point. He's gonna do what Kobe did times ten, where he takes sixty shots to get fifty points, like, <laughs> or it's fifty shots for sixty points. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to slander Kobe now that he's dead, but Kobe also did rape a girl, and then all he had to do was change his number, so. <laughs> I don't like Kobe Bryant at all. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, just before we start offending people. So, NBA draft. Want to cover some of the piss picks we missed? In I think the I just hit Izzy with, like, two different things in one one sentence. Yeah, so let's head off these picks really quick. I'm gonna so starting of... with Davion Mitchell, right? Yes, he was taken at nine, right? Nine by the Kings, which is a really weird pick for them because they're trying to move on from Buddy, but Davion's not really a combo guard per se. I don't even really think Davion's NBA ready right now. Well, Davion's he, okay. He's good defensively, and he's a pull-up shooter. Yeah, I don't know if he can succeed off ball because they're going to want to play Fox ball dumb. Yeah, I just don't think Davion's offense is ready for. Like at any level for the NBA game, like I think his defense yeah. can handle a perimeter assignment. Maybe not, definitely not the number one guy on the perimeter. On like not the number the team's number one guard, but like their second best guard, Davion can pick up. Offensively, mm-hmm. I don't think he's there. I didn't understand why he was rated so highly on the draft boards. I thought he was going to be further down. Right. He didn't he didn't really impress and he's coming off an injury literally a week ago. So that's weird. It's a weird pick. Yeah. Zaire Williams at ten to the Grizzlies. That's a very high upside pick. Zaire did not play well in college at all. No. But at all at all. But we've seen players do that and still play well in the NBA. Yeah. I feel like he's not gonna be pro ready though. I feel yeah. like that's the kind of player that the Memphis Grizzlies want because they want to be able to, and we've seen that with some of the trades he made. I think this is a plan pick for further down the line because when you look at the Grizzlies, they've got a lot of rookie deals expiring soon. At least right. one of those players is going to, to leave. Jaw, I think, stays. But then you've got JJJ there for a little mm-hmm. while longer. You've got dip, a, a bunch of different guys that are just really young and on rookie deals. Some of them are going to leave. 
And I think that's where this right. comes in, where they've still got a couple more years till that happens. You put Zaire behind some guys that have progressed really greatly within the Grizzly system, like Jaron Jackson Jr. And I could see I could see that turning out, but I could also see that as being a bust. Hundred percent. And then the Hornets at eleven, James Knight. Uh, yeah. So the Hornets guard rotation currently absolutely. So they better make a trade, because otherwise this is an absolute horror. Yeah, I mean you've got Terry on the big contract. Mm-hmm. You've you've got Devonte Graham, whose contract's coming up soon. Devonte Graham deserves. A he's chance. a restricted free agent, right? Devonte. Pretty sure he's a restricted free agent. Yes, his rookie deal is just ending. Mm-hmm. You've got to get rid. You've got to either get rid of him or give him a chance. I think Devonte should be starting over Terry Rozier. If I'm. Charlotte Hornets. I think he plays better with Lamelo. He played alongside. Why are you shaking your head? Terry's a ball dominant point guard. I know. I know. Terry and so is Lamelo. And yeah. Devonte Graham is a guy. Yes, he's a point guard in the NBA, but he played most of his college career at shooting guard alongside mm-hmm. Frank Mason. He didn't step into that point guard role until his senior season, when Frank was controlling the ball because Frank was a monster in college. Right. I think Devontae, without my KU biases, should be able to prove himself in the starting lineup again because last time we saw him firmly in the starting lineup, he was great. He was good. He was good. He was very good. Like, he should have – I think he should have won most improved player. The fact that he didn't even get in the top three when you had Luka Doncic coming out and saying, give my spot to Devontae Graham in the finalists. Like, that was – Charlotte's got a – figure that out, and I don't know why Woj, his tweet that announced it was, Charlotte gets a surprise at number 11, James Booknight is available. I think that was kind of high for James Booknight at 11. I think Woj is just trying to figure out ways to announce the picks without announcing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, we've got Josh Primo at 12 to the Spurs. I, I know nothing about Josh Primo. That's definitely a reach. He's the youngest player in the draft in this whole Hmm. Uh, he's got That's a very high upside. Popovich trade. Well, so here's the thing: Popovich is right now a Team USA in Japan, and right now in Japan, it's like that everyone's waking up pretty much. So he was probably not even awake for this pick. Uh, so they just no, made the pick. Pop- Popovich is definitely up right now. <laughs> what are you talking about? They made this. But, looking at the pick, they definitely. But I think Popovich also retires soon, so I think maybe they're taking away a little bit of that that future planning and giving into, I don't know who the GM is, but that's an, that's an interesting idea. Um, yeah. Let's see at 13. Risky third day, low floor, older player. It's a pick. Yeah. And Indiana has been, been looking for him for like, I think it came out earlier this week that they wanted him there and they were going to try to move up to get him if he wasn't going to be there. So I think it's a good, good pick for Pacers. There was another team that was going to jump all the way up from like the, the 20s to get him. That's insane. But I forgot who it was. That, yeah, they were going to jump all the way from the 20s up into the top 15 to try to get Duarte. I think Duarte's a fine player, but he's not worth that. The assets that they would have to give up for that. Oh, no, no. Um, 14, Warriors, Moses Moody. I love this pick. We talked about it a little yep. bit um, off air, but 
I think with Steph, Steph probably has like five more years left in him, and so I think I think getting a replacement now is nice when you still have Jordan Poole right now, but mm-hmm. Jordan Poole is going to be like nearing thirty by the time Steph retires. So I for sure. I like this. I like this pick a lot. I think Moody is capable with a little bit of training with a little bit of mentorship from the guys that the Warriors already have. The Warriors have this is probably the best backcourt that Moody could move into uh, if he wants progression. And it's kind of crazy that I think the Warriors to this point are the only team to have, you know, two lottery picks and that plan on playing and probably off the bench day one. Yeah. I think that's crazy. And to have two lottery picks and the number two pick last year and then yeah. be playoff contenders this upcoming year. Not even playoff contenders. I think at this point it's not outrageous to say they're finals favorites. Right? Yeah. I think especially if, you know, we've got Clay Thompson turning the form. Yeah, and especially with that Lakers trade that they just made, I think that's gonna hurt them. Um, Lakers trade that they just made? The, oh, the, Lake, the, the trade the Lakers just made. I thought you were talking about the trade between the Lakers and the Warriors. I was going uh, to say. No, Westbrook. <laughs> no, the Westbrook yeah. trade. I think that's going to blow up in their face. Yeah, yeah. I think the Warriors are, are going to win the West. Wow, you just complimented the Warriors. Mac is yeah. complimenting one of my teams. It's new. Yeah. yeah. It's new. Um, so the Warriors are going to do what Kansas football will never do and uh, actually win a game or two. Uh, so, moving hey, on to the football 15. four wins. No, three. I said three. So three. No, you said four wins. Uh, I I Wizards can't pull at fifteen. Get Corey Kispert. This is a weird pick for the Wizards. It's a shooter. Yeah, but they literally takes, just had a shooter. Yeah, but he's gonna take shots away from Bradley Beal. Or give Bradley Beal another place to go. Oh, here's the thing. We Rui Hachimura is a breakout candidate. I really think they should be putting the ball in Benny's hands. They're high pick from last season. He's a great playmaker. And I think they should be playing Bradley Beal a little bit more off-ball, giving him a chance to uh, run the offense because Bradley's going to want out in a year or two. And I think they really need to be preparing for the future, despite the fact that Bradley's saying he wants to stay. Um, I think I like yeah. I think they have to figure out how to get back to their last playoff form when they had um, Gortat down low, and then you still had Beal and Wall. You have to figure out how you can get back to that because that's the only way, for some reason, that Wizards team knows how to win. That's the only time we've seen them win recently was when they were yeah. they were dominant in the East for years. A year. It no, was a year. They were pretty good oh. for a few – they were in the contention for the East for years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they were only dominant for like one year. Well, they fell off when John Wall got injured. And John Wall is a generational quarter uh, before the injuries end. Yeah. So sixteen was traded to Houston, where the for Alprin Singun. Alprin Singun. That's an interesting pick. I mean, they don't really need a big. I think he's more of a developmental guy behind Christian Wood at this point. Um, yeah. I don't know why they. Yeah. I, they took they took their guard early, which is. Something I don't that, know why they traded up though, because they had picks twenty three and twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that made no sense to me. Then they sent two future first-round picks for number 16. 
Do they plan on making four first round selections? That's insane. They're probably trading up the last two picks. Okay, so he gets another added pick, <laughs> and um, I think it is interesting to see the Rockets' plan where you're trading two firsts. Are they betting that those firsts won't be valuable? Unless they're protected, are they betting that those picks won't be very valuable? Because this Rockets team is a team that's going to continue to be bad. Like, very bad for a few years. Well, okay. You can't say bad. Because John Wall, KPJ, Jalen Green, Christian Wood, that's not a bad one. Right? John Wall post-injuries... With a giant cap John hit, Wall. with a giant yeah. cap hit, and then you've got KPJ, who has trouble even really staying well. on the court, and he has he played a, really well. His off the court is what worries me. It, it was becoming such a distraction that he wasn't playing well in Cleveland. Well, he was. He lost his locker. Is that what happened there? Oh yeah, they like took his locker and gave it to Torian Prince. And then uh, Christian Wood, I do love Christian Wood. I was really yeah. excited for him this year. I thought they were going to have a decent team this year at the beginning of the year. And then everyone got injured. Yeah, like. and Harden left. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Christian Wood was that first domino to fall. I really like Christian Wood. I think if they can run the ball through Christian Wood down low, Christian Wood's going to have a breakout year this year. Yeah, and I mean, there's certainly a lot to like about the way this Rocket team is built. And they, even if they don't want to start KPJ and they want to start Jalen Green, KPJ is a perfect sixth-man scorer. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they start yeah. Jalen Green right away over him. That makes sense to me. Um, Pelicans took Trey Murphy. I don't really have anything to say about that. Yeah, I don't know much about Trey Murphy at all. Yeah, Trey Mann goes to Oklahoma City at 18. I like that. I think I he's agree. so he's a guard that can play kind of on and off ball. He shoots well. Uh, he's a good playmaker. He's a good defender. And I think he fits really well with VA if they plan on keeping SG. Yeah, because all those things that you just said about Trey Mann are what SGA is. Exactly. Play on ball, off ball, defense, shoot, drive, basically everything. And then you add another player who can do everything, and I think that's they met. I think that's like going back to, to my team, the Warriors. But you have Steph and Clay, both of them can do all of those things. And I think that's why they mesh so well. So right. I think they could be once they develop more. I think they could be a very good backcourt. Yeah, but now you also have the issue of ball dominant playmaker Jai. Yeah, and you've still got to worry about about sitting uh, Al Horford for. Under injury or under, yeah, under injury, just listed old. Well, Horford isn't on the team anymore. That's true. I forgot about that. They've got Kemba Walker. All right, you know, let me. Let I keep forgetting about that. I keep forgetting about Kemba. Yeah, yeah. I don't so think Kemba plays a game for Oklahoma City. There is a high chance he doesn't, but if he does, I think they can increase his value and then flip him for picks. And I think that's what they end up doing because that's with Horford. Yeah, most I, people thought the same. Warford. I at least don't think he finishes the year. I think around deadline time they'll move him once they get his, once they see the better picture of how the lottery is most likely going to turn out pre lottery. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. when they'll start to make moves on it. Um, but I think running the ball through Kim's hands a lot will increase his trade value. 
but how much does that stunt <laughs> Trey Mann in SGA? I don't think it. So I I mean, so Kemp is a really good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Knicks traded 19 to Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, they traded down. Yeah, and Charlotte sh- took Kai Jones. I like the Knicks trading down. I don't think. I think Kai Jones is a good fit for the the Hornets, though. They did need a big man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I like the Knicks trading down. I don't really think there's anywhere anybody there that was going to be an impact player right away for the Knicks, and that's who they need to stay relevant yeah. right now. Um, they probably so here's my guess. They were looking for Trey Mann there. Yeah. And then Trey Mann got taken the pick before they got I have to just like Richard Gibbs snapping you in the Whoa. What? This could be nothing. You know how okay. Have you seen the betting odds for Bradley Beal where he's gonna end up being traded to? No, I have not. Why? It's the Warriors. The Warriors have a better chance on betting odds for Bradley Beal to start the regular season than the Wizards. Well, take the Wizards then. Right now, Bradley Beal just tweeted out to Moses Moody saying, congrats, bro. But Bradley Beal also just said, Wizards, like, he has no desire to leave. Of course he's going to say that. Bradley Beal is all class. When Bradley Beal was upset about the Wizards last year, he said, no, I wasn't upset about the Wizards. It was something else. It was obviously he was upset with the Wizards because he was putting up 40 points a game at, during that stretch, and they weren't winning. They were still getting blown right. out. Yeah. This is interesting. I don't know if it's – I remember what I wanted to talk to you about. We'll talk about it here in a second because we've only got one more pick. Um, Atlanta takes – Jalen Johnson out of Duke at 20. Oh, that's that's a weird pick. He's a point forward, and I don't really think he meshes, especially if they want to play Trey Young and well dominant play. Yeah. I think Atlanta's in a very weird place where there wasn't really, like, they didn't really need much guard help. They didn't really need much front court help. They just have problems with their team meshing together at the right time. Exactly. Which it's a weird place to be drafting because the the teams that benefit the most out of the draft have a clear cut. We need a guard. We need a forward. Right. We need a big man, something like that. And they, they shouldn't have that. I wonder if they'll actually end up keeping him or if they'll flip him. Well, I mean, he's a high potential guy that they could probably play off the bench. Uh, I think they're, did they end up moving Cam Reddish or are they talking about moving Cam Reddish? I think they were talking about it. So if they do plan on moving Cam Reddish, I think he's a good, you know, ball handler when Young is not on. I think he could lead that second team, but I, I don't know. There were better picks available. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're at the peak of what we had. What I did want to talk to you about that I kept forgetting because I didn't write it down. Aaron Rodgers press conference. Oh, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love this it. This man comes into the press conference with a list, like, of... No, he, he definitely didn't prepare for this. This was just him straight up promoting. He called out the package organization with a list of players that they disrespected yeah. the That was at least 10 players long. So going into it, I heard Aaron Rodgers is giving a press conference. I thought, Aaron Rodgers, he likes to keep this, like, mysterious persona. He likes to be vague. He could. He's probably going to sit, go out there and just be vague, not really address much. Just say like, "Yeah, I'm back." Like, 
whatever, I won't be back next year. No, he comes out, the first thing he says, and I quote, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Players are coming here to play with me. He's not wrong. He's, he, not. he's not wrong, but that's that's insane. Like, I've never heard a player speak that candidly about an organization with no repercussions because he knows that just yesterday, or it was, it was actually this morning, it was finalized, he got that entire deal fully guaranteed. But did you hear uh, Gutekunst? however you say his name. Did you hear his press conference? No, I did not. Oh, I heard Greeny break it down. I didn't actually hear it, but I heard the highlights of it. When asked about him and Aaron's relationships, it was a six-second soundbite. He said, yeah, it's business. That's it. Wow. When Aaron was asked about that, Aaron went down the laundry list of players that good because it's screwed over. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think the Packers bringing in Randall Cobb wasn't as much a trying to keep Aaron happy because they don't they don't care about Aaron right now. I uh, so d- that trade pisses me off because if this was legitimately a move to make Aaron happy, mm-hmm. and this was a move that Aaron was demanding, and not only Aaron because we we know that whatever Aaron does is connected to Devonta Adams, which is their other big star there. Yeah. It really pisses me off that the only thing that Houston was able to get out of this was a sixth round pick, if. Rodgers was demanding that Randall Cobb come here. Mm-hmm. They couldn't squeeze out a second. They could squeeze out a third. It is insane the low amount of value that they got here if this was a force. Yeah. I do think I do think it was what Aaron would want, but I think it was a PR move. I think it was the Packers doing this and being able to say, look, Aaron does have a say. So I think Aaron did want it, but they're leveraging it as a PR move saying, like, look, we we gave Aaron free reign. This is what we've been doing. Like we just it's just behind the scenes or whatever. When Aaron literally said he wanted he was like, Hey, I will go out and I will recruit players for you. I am a big name. I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. I will recruit players for you and they turned him down. And one thing yeah. that Greeny said was they're expecting Aaron Rodgers to just be a football player. When you have mm-hmm. a player of that magnitude, I'm talking Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, they're not just football players. They are as powerful as the GM. And I forgot who was on Green's show. It was basically like, the quarterbacks are usually closer to the front office than they are to the other 52 players. I think that's different for Mahomes because that locker room seems kind of really tight. Um, that entire, like, just from Brett, Brett Feige all the way down just seems tight. But, but I, Brady Brady was closer to Belichick than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. like, except for maybe Gronk. Like, it was... Exactly, and that's... That's why I think it kind of fell apart. It's like working with your significant other. Like, that's never a good thing. But working or, like, living with your friends, that's never a good thing. I think that's what led to the downfall. But the in the Packers organization, you're seeing a weird thing where Aaron is closer to the 52 other guys than the front office. And that's not by Aaron's choice. Not, not his choice. And I think Aaron's looking around saying, Tom Brady had full control over the offense the last half of the season. He took them to eight straight wins and to a Super Bowl. Even in uh, New England, he had a lot of control over that offense. Peyton, in really most of his career, had full control over that offense, full control over everything on that team. And Aaron's looking around going, I am just as good as these guys, and I have no say. Yeah, like I think Aaron is 
out of those three, definitely clear cut third. But mm -hmm. it's not by far at all. No, no. Like it's it's very interesting to think. Like I don't know, it's very interesting to think about what Aaron went through during that off season or during the last few few seasons and he's definitely he he's one of those guys that is used to keeping a cool head, but it's just it's you can see the frustration in his face that it just bubbled for years. Yeah. It's tough because like a lot of what he was saying, you were saying that if you're not going to if you're gonna try and move on from me and you're not gonna give me a long term deal, then just do it now. And that's a very that's a very fair thing to say. I mean, this is a business, but you have to give you have to commit to these players, especially when they're a player as good as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. When they're the leader of your team, they're what's attracting them. Jair Alexander, great player, isn't attracting other players to that team. No, Devontae no. Adams, great player, isn't attracting other players to that team. I mean, he might attract a quarterback, but they don't need a quarterback. Like, Yeah. Yeah, no. If anything, they need middle-of-the-field help, but... But the... It's it's just it's such a weird position for for Rogers to be in because he is a genuinely decent guy and that organization has done nothing because do you remember before he started doing like all this media stuff everybody just kind of thought Aaron Rodgers was just this dick, this huge dick like oh, yeah. everybody, everybody like despised Aaron Rodgers that organization did nothing nothing to help out nothing his image not at all the Patriots even who are known for being this faceless team <laughs> this numbers team. You get hurt, you leave, next one up. They promoted Brady's image heavily. The Chiefs promoted Patrick Mahomes' image hev heavily. The, Colts, the Chargers post memes about Herbert on a daily basis. Exactly. And they have done nothing for Aaron Rodgers. Nope. And I think and Aaron Rodgers has gotten them like everything. He's gotten them Super Bowl. He's gotten them MVPs. MVPs, he's kept them relevant over the years. Like, Yeah. And especially pre-Devontae Adams, because Devontae Adams is by far the best receiver he's ever had on that team. Uh, oh, for sure. Like, no, Jordy Nelson was great, don't get me wrong. Jordy Nelson oh. is nowhere near Devontae Adams. No, 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 not even close. And but, Jordy Nelson saying that he'll take a pay cut to come back. Jordy Nelson said he would take the vet minimum to come back, and they didn't even answer the phone for Jordy Nelson. That, Insane. It's disrespectful. Too. Especially when Jordan Nelson definitely still had another year or two left in him where he could have been at least productive. Yeah. It was crazy what they did to him. I mean Do you think do you think this is because they don't have a, an owner? Like a true owner? Oh no. No. That's so, no. No. Because I've been hearing that a lot and I don't necessarily believe that because I think most owners, unless you're Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft are pretty much out of the football picture. They just more manage the, the business side. I mean, wait, wait, wait. You're not. There's one last person you got to put in there, and that's Dan Snyder. I mean, he's up in everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All up in those cheerleaders. <laughs> all up in those cheerleaders. <laughs> but <laughs> all up in those sexual harassment lawsuits. Um, oh my God! So many issues with Washington football. Yeah, he's. Uh, 
That was a bad year for them. That was that was a very bad year. They changed their name and everybody <laughs> forgot about half that stuff, but it was a very bad year for them. Very bad. <laughs> and that's not even the first allegation to be like thrown against Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's just a bad person. Yeah, he's I just mean terrible. most uh, most NFL owners are though. Like you look at Mike Davis, he's an absolute um now the Chargers owner Dean Spanos like moving the team from San Diego for like no reason at all. That was just well, not for no reason. For money it was yeah. awful. Like there's not like I think Cork Hunt is a good owner, but his his father was was uh, a very greedy man. Lamar Hunt. There are a lot of greedy owners in the NFL, but that's kind of what it's it's built on. On these greedy yeah. business. And he, even Clark Hunt, we've seen it around here. It is more expensive to park your car at Arrowhead Stadium than Chiefs tickets for like not even bad seats were a few years ago. Oh yeah, that's it's, how they make their money. It's ninety dollars to park a car at Arrowhead. Nosebleeds right now are like two hundred something dollars, which I get it. The Chiefs are a huge team right now, but it's still it's it's insane. <laughs> so Clark Hunt's not very liked around here, but. Brett Veach is, and I think that's all that matters because Clark Hunt's not going to sell the team because he's not liked, especially if you have a guy like Veach in there to do damage control for the front office. What you got to do is you got to get a situation like the Clippers had a few years back where, like, something massive comes out about the the owner, and then the league forces the owner to sell it. Yeah. But that's very rare. That was... That was because Sterling was like just straight up terrible. Oh yeah. All right. Any new picks? In? Um, Keon Johnson just now. Knicks traded number twenty-one to the Clippers. Traded down again. Wow. So they now have the twenty-fifth. And the Clippers uh, oh, to no. Keon Johnson. No. Um. Clarification: New York is trading with Clippers for twenty-one. Okay. So. This Clippers. is weird. This is yeah. this is really weird. Oh, this. Hold on. Let me read the, these. I have both uh, Shams and Woj tweet notifications on right now. The first tweet is New York is trading number twenty-one to Detroit per, per source. Mm-hmm. Woj's next tweet is clarify New York is trading with Clippers for twenty-one per source. Shams tweets Clippers are selecting at twenty-one via Knicks and take Keon Johnson, but his next. Tr- Tweet is Knicks traded twenty one Keon Johnson to Clippers. New York now is twenty five. They're all saying different things. Bleacher Report says Keon Johnson at twenty one to the Clippers. Okay, okay. So yeah, so okay. New York will have the twenty fifth pick. So they traded down again. Clippers take Keon Johnson. That's a good pick. I'm not. Yeah. Nothing John Johnson, really. massive athlete. I mean, he's which is it. nice because they've got Kawhi, the freak athlete there. Kawhi, who went to San Diego State University. Yeah. Big dude, big coach. No. <laughs> I don't think we take anybody from the West Coast. I don't know. Um, oh, is there direct next, though? Interesting. All right, I say this pick. This pick's gonna be moved to. uh, They're gonna move Bradley Beal now to the. Oh, Wizards selecting Isaiah Jackson at twenty-two. Per Uh, series. 
position. That's cool. Do what? I'm not good with names. What position with school is this? You don't like this? No, no, no. I, I'm asking for like a school and the position. I'm not good with names. Oh, let me look. Yeah, I have no idea who this is. So, for anybody listening, Max and I aren't huge like prospect guys. Yeah. I think both of us kind of watch college basketball. I, I definitely I watch the Big Twelve. Anything outside of the Big Twelve. For football, basketball, any college sport, I don't, I don't give a damn until it's like mock, or until it's like mock draft season when we do the phenom mock draft, and then oh, I do yeah. like a ton of research, and then after the mock draft, I lose all of that space in my head. No, I'm a big prospect after football. Just not mm-hmm. Okay, Woj just clarified again why he mentioned Detroit in that was. The Clippers also sent a second-round pick, a future second for next year, to New York, and that was Detroit's pick in 2024. Gotcha. So it was just owned by the Clippers. I think that was part of probably the Blake Griffin trade. Gotcha. Um, Oh, one trade we completely forgot to talk about for MLB is Joey Gallo going to the Yankees. That's probably the... Before Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, that's the biggest trade of the deadline. Um, yeah. I think that's I, – I think it's going to be bad for the Yankees. This is reminiscent of when they got Giancarlo Stan. They needed a left-handed bat, which is fine. But Joey Gallo is like a 182 career hitter. He, The Yankees needed to diversify their game more into not hitting – like – that they're they're a three true outcome team, which basically means they either hit a home run, strike out, or walk. And that's Joey Gallo. That's also Aaron Judge. That's also Giancarlo Stanton. That's also Gary Sanchez. That's also everybody else on that team. So I think it could have been nice for them. Especially Lemayhew. Lemayhew's supposed to be that diversity guy, but he's struggling this year. So, I, so I don't they just don't hard. have contact. They do, but their contact hitters suck this year. DJ Mayhew is a big one. DJ Mayhew is one of the best contact hitters. I'd say he's the second best contact hitter in the AL behind Whit Merrifield, and he's just struggling this year. That entire team is struggling this year. They've they were supposed to be the best team in the AL East. They're third in the AL East. They're they're having a tough time, but I don't think it's gonna work out. I could be wrong. They got him for a bag of balls, which is fine. Um, yeah. Brewers just finished the sweep with Pittsburgh. That's fun. Yeah, the Royals took I think three of four from the White Sox, which is nice. They're now nine and one in their last ten. Oh yeah, we beat the White Sox too. The White Sox. Yeah. So we play the Braves next. That should be good. Yeah, we shut out the White Sox. Say what you want about the Royals, but. Our pitching, like, this is what I was telling you guys. When our pitching crumbled, we had that huge losing streak. And mm-hmm. I kept telling I kept telling you and Trey, watch, it's because, and Benji, like, watch, it's because our pitching was, like, just completely unraveled. If our pitching comes back, we will start winning. Carlos Fernandez, rookie, comes in, pitches six scoreless innings for the Royals. Our pitching has been magnificent since the Orioles series, which was straight out of um, 
straight out of the Ulster And even that, like, wasn't too terrible. But then you go to the Brewers, you get you allow two runs, three runs, three runs. Tigers, we did allow eight runs that game, but then followed up by one, three, three, two, and now zero. Our pitching has been pretty good, and I think Scott Barlow is still taking that step up. I really like what we did against the White Sox, taking three or four against the top team in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how our pitching rotation looks for the rest of the year without Danny Duffy, though, because now we're only nine games under five hundred. Right. Which which is a big deal because we are not we're not too far out of the wild card. We're like eleven games out of the wild card and there's still seventy games left. Brewers have sixty one wins. Yeah. It's it's gonna be an interesting last half of the season. I think I don't think the Royals obviously make the playoffs this year, but I think this year is really important development wise for next year because we're gonna have Bobby Witt up hopefully sometime in August. Uh, I think next year would be fun. You should come down to Kansas City. Come catch a Royals game with me. When next year? Yeah, next year. Well, next year. when next year? I don't know. It's all summer. All summer. Oh, maybe I'll if, if I'm home. That's true. I could, I could be in somewhere that I can't disclose on live air, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a little bit too far for a Royals game. But <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's probably going to wrap up the show. We only had yeah. one break in today. Wow. wow. Good for us. Yeah, we hit an hour and 30 talking. I mean, oh, wait, we could talk about we could talk about hockey. I mean, big things just happened with Blue Jackets. Not a chance. Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about hockey, and we are approaching two hours. All right, we'll talk for most of that. That sounds good. All right, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, sorry, it was kind of all over the place with the draft going on. We were kind of planning around that, where we wanted to have. The draft, we didn't want to have the filler in between picks. That's why we were kind of talking talking other topics between that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of all over the place, but we wanted to be flexible with the draft. I, I, I don't know about you, but I at least, when we scheduled the show for today, I completely forgot the draft was at the Me exact too. same time. Me so too. we just kind of had to go with it. We, we had no idea how it was going to go until literally we, we entered the call in. Yeah. Um, we have preparation, game. 100 skills. Yeah, yeah. The the 45 seconds before the show that we 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 prepped on Zoom. <laughs> this I, is getting cut out of the podcast. Oh but. yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll is there anyone listening to this anyways? Like a uh, couple. Oh okay, so people are actually hearing this brand for no reason. Yeah, All yeah. Right. If if they want, we can play Post Monster on the way out. To, no, oh, that, that, uh, save that for next week. Only once a week. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys hopefully next week. Yeah. And hopefully we can get back to a more consistent, I say it every week, but hopefully we can get back to a more consistent schedule. That would be nice. That would be very nice. So we'll see you guys later. Peace. Is he come back? Yes. <laughs>